This is RC. It's your girl K Marie. K Wilk. It's your boy Black. It's your girl Lady. And I'm Sir. And you listening to 2020. 2020. 2020. 2020. 2020. 2020. Podcast. 2020. I did that one for you. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Business Minute. I'm your boy Sir. And today I have a special guest, Miss Eva McLeod. How are you doing today, man? I am doing well, doing well. How about you, sir? I can't complain. I can't complain. So, Miss Eva, if you could, could you tell our listeners what it is that you do? Well, my name is Eva McLeod. Uh, I'm also known as Anointed to Mind. I do the Ministry of Mind, and I do have a uh, arts academy called Petite Generation that we just uh, started. As a matter of fact, last week, last Tuesday. Uh, so I am in the uh, realm of the, the Christian arts. Okay, cool, cool. And I, I, I definitely am excited to uh, cover these newer forms of praise that are emerging. And uh, I wanted to know, how long have you been active, you know, doing Christian miming? I actually started in praise dance uh, at my church, Community Church Ministries, in the uh, Carl Coker Senior. And then uh, I... One year after uh, praise dancing, uh, I moved over into the ministry of mine. So I've been doing a ministry of mine for approximately six years now, uh, December the next seven. Uh, very excited, very uh, uh, just kind of blown away about what God has been doing since I've uh, entered into the ministry of mine. So. Okay, awesome, awesome. So if I may ask, uh, what exactly inspired you? to to start doing Christian dance? <laughs> well, I, as many of us that, that we come into the four walls of the church and we begin to, uh, you know, we receive salvation, we receive the Holy Ghost, then we want to know the next thing, which is our purpose in the kingdom. What, what should we be doing? Um, we begin to search for deeper things and, and want to know more. So um, I was looking for something. I didn't know quite what it was. And one day, uh, uh, our president leader at the time, was, which is her name, Heather Davis, uh, asked, hey, you'd like to get dance. In the back of my mind, I'm like, who are you talking about? Because all I do is play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's like, hey, you'd like to dance. Why don't you come out and join us? Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll come. And so she got me involved with praise dancing. And um, I, I actually felt like a fish out of water because I was—I never considered myself a dancer. You know, you go and hang out with your friends, you know, dance, however, but I never considered myself a praise dancer, so I felt, always felt like I had to left feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, one day, her husband uh, ministered through mine at church on a Sunday, and I was so captivated. I was so into what he was doing. I was into the, his, the motions of it. I was into the... Uh, movements of it. I was into the story that he was telling uh, along with the music that he was using his own movements. And I finally said out of my own mouth, I was like, God, that's what I want to do. And when I told him yes to, to, to the ministry of mine, he, he just took it to a whole nother level. So that's what got me involved. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Awesome. So you mentioned, you know, you've been doing this for six years. Uh, were there any obstacles that you encountered along the way of, you know, trying something new like this? Uh, there were plenty of obstacles. First of all, just being um, not knowledgeable, having all the knowledge about the ministry of mine. 
uh, relying on YouTube and relying around uh, people that uh, around here that was doing mine, but not yet being taught the uh, the biblical foundation uh, of mine and, and where it derived from and everything. You know, why we do it, why we wear the gloves, why we wear the paint, um, why we wear garments. It is much deeper than that. Uh, the other obstacle I faced was, was being rejected. A lot of times that we were, uh, when you ministered to my people didn't approve of the paint because they felt like it was demonic or mm. they didn't understand it. Um, and even on the female standpoint, being rejected uh, by male, because it was such a male-dominated um, genre of, 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 of movement in the uh, Christian arts. So some people look at it as, you know, that it, it should be more for men, you know, looking at you funny because you, you're up here doing these movements and they consider it, you know, hey, that's more male-like. But um, one of the biggest things was rejection. Was so I, I felt a lot of that. I was questioning at one point, should I even be doing this? Uh, is this something you call me to? Why, why do I need to do it? All these different questions and as you face rejection, you begin to face doubt, you begin to, to take in fear, you begin to take in uh, um, just kind of like self-condemnation of, you know, something I really shouldn't be doing this, so I'm not even worried, worthy to do this. So mm. it's just a lot of different aspects of uh, taking it in, and even the opinions of people uh, was a difficult barrier for me. Uh, just wondering, you know, sometimes people making comments or people would, you know, in essence, talk around the city and say different things mm -hmm. and assume, have assumptions and don't even come and, you know, just ask you or inquire or, you know, just basically just come with, the, you know, anytime you got to alt or anything, you know, you always feel good to come to your brother and sister and ministry and just act, so. Okay. And then I, I definitely understand that with any passion, you know, there's always a challenge. And I always say, if you're not experiencing resistance, you know, you're not perfecting yourself. You're not really uh, working towards that embetterment uh, that we often see. So that leads me to my next question. And this is a little bit of a personal one. You know, with doing this for six plus years, have you managed to find that balance between doing miming and your personal life? I have. In the in the beginning, I didn't. I can honestly say I was more, because I was unlearned, untaught. In the mm -hmm. beginning, I was more of, uh, as soon as somebody asked me, I would go, I would do, uh, not considering, you know, the time that it would take, the effort that it would take, uh, uh, the wear and tear on the body, the wear and tear on, on even with your family, the wear and tear on you spiritually. As you prepare to go in different these different uh, houses, uh, or you go in these different areas to minister through mind, uh, we tend to forget forget about spiritual warfare. And mm. the spiritual warfare is, you know, people think that you know, hey, demons and stuff are just coming at you and you fight these these things. No, spiritual warfare can come through any person, anybody, and especially those who are close to you. So you'll wind up where. They'll come and they'll, they'll try to attack through your family. Um, I was more or less, at, in the beginning, going to be going, if that makes sense. I was just going mm -hmm. to be going because people were asking me to come do it, and I was like, yes, I'm doing it for the kingdom, and I'm doing it for this, and I'm doing it for that. 
and not realizing that, hey, you have to have balance. So it began to get to a point where I was just going out and doing so much ministry. And, well, I think I was doing ministry. And sometimes, as they say, you know, sometimes we think we're doing a good thing, but it's not a God thing. Mm. Not a God thing. And um, that's where I was getting uh, attacked, and that's where I was getting it, it twisted, and that's where I was getting it um, receiving the attacks that I received. Um, eventually, it took, I think, about uh, one, two, about three years when I finally said, you know, something. I said, I need to be taught. I need to know because I began to wrestle in my mind. Is like, is this biblical? Is it, am I doing this in vain? Why am I doing this? Right. And so. Once I kind of sat back, began to think, and uh, I was actually introduced uh, to a man of God named Apostle Chris Montgomery uh, that was teaching at that time at the uh, Eagles International uh, Mind Institute. And there we, we learned the basis of, of my ministry. And he, he really taught on that within the, I'm still connected with him today also, at the mm-hmm. Kingdom Life Academy. And he has an academy uh, <laughs> for my ministry and different other ministries. But he began to teach on uh, just having, he taught us that, that having balance, that you don't have to say yes. He said your your best uh, weapon is, is no. When you learn the, the gifting of saying no, uh, he said you will see how many people will truly value your anointing. He said, because if you don't value it, no one else will. And so when I began to tell people no, I was amazed at how many doors God began to shut. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't value the anointing. All they wanted was you to come do this. And some people even looked at you as a fundraiser. Hey, we're going to have the, they would use your name. They would use the gifting that you have, knowing that people are coming, you know, to, you know, some people truly coming for a move of God. Some people are truly coming to be healed, free, deliver whatever God wants to do in that, that realm. And they would use that and say, oh, you know, you've been blessed. Or, or immediately after you get the medicine, guess what they're having? They're having an offer. But you had to, the, I had to learn through, through trial and error. I had to learn to being taught and uh, uh, basically delivered from uh, always having to be on the go. And once I did that, I began to focus more on, on okay, I need some me time, I need some family time, uh, I need time at my job, you know, all these different things. Then that's where I began to find my balance and just saying, hey, you, you are, you can rest. Hey, you can, you do, you can say no that you have something, you have other plans. You can go out and do other things. It doesn't have to be 24-7 ministry. So mm. I, I have found that balance. <laughs> Still learning a little bit, so. <laughs> Okay. All right. I respect that. So my next question, and this is a little bit more specific. Uh, have you had one particular experience that you found to be the most memorable overall? Um, I, I, I've had, I can honestly say I've had quite a few experiences. Um, my most memorable experience. I was at a, um, I was at the Wings of Life and I was ministering there. Mm-hmm. And this was the first time for me of uh, God 
just truly yielding to the power of God, to his Holy Spirit, and allow him to do the work. Because my biggest thing was I was uh, kind of fearful of, you know, because they talk about so much about lay your hands on no man suddenly. And being, you know, careful and wary of, you know, people got spirits and all these different things. So a lot of people in the wings of life, they deal with, uh, you know, drugs, alcohol, addictions and different things. And they're there to get help. They're there to, to you know, it's a Christian-based uh, program. So they're there to get help in, in the ways that they need. So the biggest thing is ministering to them. And so I rest the minister at the wings of life, and I never forget it, uh, going there. And these women were, you know, were dealing with, with whatever they were dealing with, their demons, and dealing with them and the power of God truly moving and watching God just use me as a vessel and his anointing going forth and begin to destroy yokes off of people, begin to help uh, women get delivered. And they, they, mm-hmm. they're crying out to God and just really yielding to God that, that I didn't finish the song. Wow. You just let God have his way. And the, the ministers that were there begin to pray for them, begin to intercede for them. And that's when God started doing me like, you need to get up and also pray with them. And that's what we begin to do. We begin to, to pray with those women and, and different things. And, and then afterwards, not to take any glory from God, because he did it all. And it, it was all him. It was none of us flesh died. But, you know, the women just coming up and being so, you know, like that they talking to you and they're crying and they're letting you know that it, it dealt with them in such a way that it changed their lives. And then <laughs> I love when God brings back people that you've met when they were in their mess. And so when they bring you, brings them back across their path, and now they have a message, and they went through their test, and now they have a testimony. Mm-hmm. And they look different from where, where you saw them at to where they are now, or they come back and say, hey, I'm no longer on drugs. I've been clean for this many years. It, it just, it, uh, those, those are my most memorable moments of knowing that God came in and did what he wanted to do and to see them as the, um, what can I say, as his miracle is the word I see. Mm-hmm. Because some of them were, this is the last song. Even with teenagers and different things, you can minister to them. And just seeing their lives truly change and their lives become a testimony uh, to somebody else. So those are my memorable moments of uh, in the ministry of mine. Okay. All right. Now, <laughs> uh, that brings me to the flip side of that question. Uh-huh. At any point, did you feel that you wouldn't be successful? And if so, who or what changed your mind? I, I can honestly say, like I said, um, I have a, uh, a arts academy now called Petite Generation. Mm-hmm. And when I first, I actually announced it about two years ago. Um... And I was so excited. I was I was so ready. I was just like, okay, I'm done. Ho, here it goes. I did all these things, and I just now, you know, I'm just ready. And all of a sudden, I begin. I just begin to receive warfare every mm-hmm. other day. Warfare, warfare, warfare. Uh, could never get it started. And ultimately, I I, I did. I felt like a failure. I felt like. You know something? This is for the birds. I'm trying to. I'm. I was tired of trying to 
and then wind up something happened. I was sick of the warfare. I was sick of the the, 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 the naysaying and different things. And I was like, you know, some God, I said, I don't even want to do this no more. Mm. And, but he kept pressure on me. There was different points where I was going through this. It, it felt like he was just like, he would bring me across a group of kids. It's so funny. He would bring these different kids across my path. And we would do, I would either be teaching them or I would just be there to support them or I would just be, you know, there I would be ministering. And these group of kids would either come up and be like, you know, hey, I love you, I appreciate you, you know, I had a great time. Or he would allow me to speak something in their life or he would allow them um, to actually minister to me, but they would be excited just because I'm there. Mm. And so God began to deal with me. He was like, you have to open up this academy. He said, but you can't do it like everybody else. So that's what I was doing. I was, I was also comparing it to everybody else's, uh, not necessarily their, their Christian account, but just different dance companies that I've seen across Mobile and different areas. And like, okay, maybe I should do it like this and do it like that. And so I wasn't necessarily hearing from him. And mm. it wasn't what he wanted to be, wanted it to be. He wanted me to open up the academy. But because I could believe that I was, the, the warfare was great, it was intense. But then I was also preparing and saying, I'm going to do it like this. And he wanted mine to be original. He didn't want it to be like everybody else's. And I was mm-hmm. like, man, I said, God, I said, I don't know. And i never forget uh, Apostle Chris Montgomery, we were talking and different things, and he began to prophesy. And he told me this. He said it, and it, it, it resonates in my spirit, and I and I and now I pass that word to anybody. But when you delay something what God wants to do, then you're delaying somebody else's deliverance. You're delaying somebody else's purpose. You're delaying somebody else's destiny. And he was, he was instructing me that, that God wanted this open because there are others they may come in there for a season, they may come in for a lifetime, but they're coming through because they have to get to their purpose and they have to get to their destiny. So there's some things that have to be imparted, there's some things that have to be taught, there's some things that have to be mm-hmm. broken off of them. It's not supposed to be the typical art It's not supposed to be the typical dance. It's not supposed to be the typical mind. It's not supposed to be the typical uh, step or whatever God is doing at that point. So, um, when he spoke that word, it resonated in me so that when people now begin to ask me, to say, I need you to come and teach at this conference. Of course, I'm going to pray about it, but I am on the ready. I am saying, God, you know, hey, if this is what you want me to do, I will go and teach. I will go and part. I will go and, and you know, just love on them, just uh, really, you know, give them the testimony, to say what you want me to say. I do it, God. Mm. And when he opened up, he allowed me to finally open up this academy. My God, he, he was there on the first night, and he just he really just blew my mind. We only had a few because some of them had other things uh, they were attending to. But those who were coming, those guys who were allowed to be there, it was just such a powerful move of God. So that's where my turnaround came of what God really showed me, yes. This is needed, and I want you to do it. So now I no longer feel like a failure. I'm walking, walking faithful, and I feel like that is going to be, you know, very successful in the future. Mm. That's a powerful message. Powerful, mm-hmm. powerful. Okay, okay. So my next question 
is a little bit of a long-term question. So okay. where would you like to see yourself? And, you know, with, with doing mime, uh, you know, in praise dance, where would you like to see yourself in one year, in three years, and in 10 years? <laughs> okay, uh, I'm going to answer this to the best of my ability. <laughs> um, in one year, <laughs> this is truly establishing a foundation uh, built on uh, the love of God, built on his principles, built on the things that we will find in the Bible that directs us to uh, actually the arts. There, there are so many different aspects of the arts, such as even poetry, such as uh, dance, uh, the psalmist, the minstrels, all these different things is biblical. Even acting is biblical. Uh, uh, a lot of the stuff has, has been taken by the Roman Empire and different things. They, mm. In Greece, they took that and they, they kind of changed it. And then once it hit the world, then the world began to twist it. Uh, so in one year, I want to see it truly built on a foundation. And for those who are truly uh, wanting to know the biblical foundation of, of mind, dance, step, and other classes that we would begin to add upon, uh, I would love for them to, you know, contact us and, and uh, uh, get involved. Uh, in three years, I do want to see um, not only the Arts Academy, but the mentorship program that God has uh, allowed me to come up with, that he's allowed, that he's put into me uh, to do a mentorship program, uh, actually before and after school program. I see different empowerment sessions that I'll generate in these kids in the up-and-coming generations that they need. They need to know a trade. They need to know home economics. They need to know how to do different skills. Uh, it's a lot of young men that could benefit from other men teaching them simply how to cut hair. Mm. How do you change the oil? How do you change the tire? Our, our generation has really, these generations that's coming up behind us have truly become so lazy because they don't have the men, uh, <laughs> but they don't have the men in place teaching them. We have some men, but we need more men out here teaching them godly principles, teaching how to cut a yard, teaching how to go and serve in the community of the elderly, how these young men, would, instead of robbing them, why not help them and these elderly generations would give you tips way back when. Now these elderly generations, they're carrying pieces too. <laughs> they're yeah. ready to pop off too, but... Um, uh, just truly seeing, seeing uh, bringing in more avenues for our kids to be educated on how to achieve different things. If they don't, some all of our kids are not uh, college qualified. They don't want to go to college. So why not teach them something else that they can do with their hands? There, there are welding programs. Mm -hmm. There are programs where they can go and learn to do hair bit. Why not teach them? I want to teach them entrepreneurship at an early age. Right. Why can't we teach our five-year-old children how to have their own business? We can. We can do it. If they love to a certain thing, well, why not teach them? Like my little uh, grandson, he actually liked bow ties. So one thing I'm going to do with him, he's going to have his own custom bow ties for kids, for young men. So... I believe you can teach them at an early age how to be business-minded and, and, and savvy. Uh, in 10 years, I truly believe in God. Uh, I want to have my own school, mm -hmm. and a Christian school uh, that we focus on the arts. Uh, we build them up biblically. 
Uh, we have the mentorship program. We have the before and after school program. But we also introduce sports. Sports is another avenue. I love sports. I love basketball. I love football. All these different sports um, that we can use it as a ministry to you. Uh, to reach out to our kids. So many parents do push their kids in sports. Think of it and make LeBron James. Uh, think of it and make Cam Newton. But, um, sir, madam, what happens when your child gets hurt? And mm-hmm. this is a life-ending career. Or they get burnt out because you kept them in it since they were four years old. And they get to the age and they graduate from college and they were, I mean, they graduate from high school and they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So what, what do they have to fall back on? There are kids that have multi-talents, that know how to play the drums, that know how to play the piano, but you're pushing them so far in sports that that other talent is, is slowly dying out. But that could be the very talent that can bless them to go further than they could ever imagine. So they, are, uh, we're not pushing enough in the academic realm. Okay, just teach your little 3.0 and make sure you're scoring this many points. But what happens when this other kid has a 3.5 and he's scoring more points, he's going to get that scholarship before you do because his grade is cool otherwise. You know, so um, I just believe, just believe that we, it's, it's going to start with a biblical foundation and then continue to build upon that into different phases of what God wants me to do. Because there is a difference between kingdom wealth and world wealth. Mm. It's a difference. So I want to be on the kingdom kingdom side of it because I want my wealth to be able to sustain not only me, but the generation that's coming up behind me and for those who's also connected with me. So that, that's where I see myself in the next one, two, three years. All right. All right. I love it. So, Miss Eva, that brings me to my last question. And I always dedicate this final question to my listeners because... This is the question that could possibly inspire somebody to take that step and, and gamble on themselves like you did, you know, to to really do something outside of the norm and pursue something that could possibly change their lives. So to that person who has an idea, who's afraid to take that step and, and go off on their own, what words of encouragement would you have for them? Uh, my words of encouragement, number one, is to pray and seek after God. Um, prayer, God gives you the strategic plan to actually launch your business, to actually have you to have faith. How can you have faith if you never build it? Mm. If you never build your faith in prayer and you're faithful to believe in what God has for you because we can't see, God will give you a glimpse of what he wants for you. He'll give you a glimpse. He'll let you see it. But see, the problem is we don't want to go through the process of what it's going to take to get to where God wants us to be. And that was my biggest fear is going through the process of where God wanted to take me. That was the hardest thing because I knew there would be some things I would have to give up. I knew there were some people that was not going to be able to go with me. Just like Jesus couldn't take everybody up the mountain. He had to leave them at the bottom because they weren't ready. Some of us are trying to carry other people up the mountain with us, and God has not ordained them to go. And mm-hmm. the only way how you're going to know who those people are is that you have to seek God in prayer. Which brings my next thing is to ask God, 
who are you supposed to be connected to? Who are the people that's going to inspire you, that's going to empower you, that's going to encourage you and educate you on how to get up that mountain, how to check upon that mountain? You know, sometimes you got to pull over and take a rest because you're tired because you had to climb so far. Who are, who are those that, that are help pushing you up that mountain or those are the same ones that are trying to hang on and say, well, wait a minute, you're not ready. But God is trying to pull you. You add so much weight when you're trying to pull other people or you're trying to carry them up that mountain instead of sister, you know something? You wait down here and let me ascend first. Let me go up here and see what God wants me to do. Just like Moses went up there into the mountain by himself and received instructions from God and brought it back down to the people. But what happened? The people lost faith because they couldn't see where he was going in. That's so good. They couldn't see him where he was ascending to. Mm. They didn't understand where God was taking him. They're not supposed to. Because in that time, they were supposed to be in what? They were supposed to be in plain form, and they were supposed to be in following him. He came back with the instructions, but again, they weren't ready. So we got to pray and ask God, who's supposed to be going up this mountain with me? Who's supposed to be pushing me? Who am I supposed to be connected to? The next one is that we have to ask God to get rid of fear. Mm. You can't be faithful and fearful at the same time because each one bears fruit. Each one bears fruit. When you have fear, it's going to bring doubt. It's going to bring insecurity. It's going to bring even more fear. It's going to bring the naysayers. It's going to bring everything that's going to fight against the very thing God wants you to have. But when we bring faith, faith is going to bring the joy. Faith is going to bring the peace. Faith is going to bring those who are supposed to encourage us. The faith is going to bring those who are supposed to have the wisdom and the knowledge to speak into our life. And not only speak into our life, but speak into our destiny. And speak mm. to our de destiny. Uh, the other thing is to begin to declare and decree. Once you get past fear, begin to declare and decree of what God wants to do. Begin to declare and decree in the, in the realm, in, in the earth realm, in the heavenly realm of God, you say it in your word that whatsoever my heart desires that you shall give it to but guess what? We also got to live a righteous lifestyle. We got to live a holy lifestyle. Because you can't continue to bless you with, this, with these different things if you're going to live your life unholy and ungrateful. And then when people begin to ask, oh, how did you do this? Well, it was all me. And you never give God his glory, you never give praises unto him, or you never give back to him. Uh-uh. He's not going to allow you to be successful and just selfish with it. Because our success as a kingdom is going to allow us to be unified with certain people, unified with the kingdom of God, and being able to pull the next person that's coming up, that's trying to come up the mountain. And you see them, you look back and say, oh, I see somebody trying to stand up this mountain. Well, wait a minute, I'll be right back up. Let me go help them because they're trying to. They're not pulling on you. They're trying because they see where you're going. And mm -hmm. they say, well, hey, I want to go too. For those people, you can reach back and you can go back and help. And, and the last thing I would leave them with is that once you found your support system, once you have built your faith in prayer, once you have just uh, allow God uh, to do what he's going to do to just... Uh, impart into you and give you the strategic plan, give you strategic directions, and guide you where you're supposed to go, 
give back. Giving, giving is God. When you give, you sow. When you sow, glory to God. When you sow, I thank you right now. Because I got a testimony. A man of God came and spoke at a prophetess, apostle and prophetess grand uh, church, the church of glory, uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I went and heard this man speak. The man of God said, hey, who in here has, who in here is an entrepreneur or designed to be an entrepreneur? And we all, you know, there's a lot of people that raise, his, raise their hands. He, uh, he told us to sow a specific seed. And at first I kind of laughed. I was like, well, girl, I said, I don't He said, well, wait a minute. You were just going to go purchase this for the same amount of money. You mean to tell me you can't sell? So he gave me a get trip real quick. I said, oh, okay, wait a minute. All right. <laughs> I said, but that, no, you going to trust me or you're not. Oh, okay. And I sold it by faith. I sold it by trust. I sold it by believing God and what he wanted to do. Just in my bit now look, I'm not looking for no return. I'm not looking for anything. I was just like, I'm going to sow, and I'm going to believe God for my business. And I told God what I wanted, and I sold. Do you not know? And I can honestly say, in less than 24 hours that he gave me that seed back. Wow. Like, he returned it. Like, I was like, wait, wait a minute. I just sold this last night. Mm. And I wasn't even expecting a return on my investment. I was just asking God to bless my business. Ooh. That's all. I all I want. I just want him to just put his hand on my business. That's it. I want to ask him to return on that business. Just bless my business. I'm fine. Just stay in my business, God. I'm fine. And I ain't gonna call. I'm just, I'm gonna take that back. I'm not gonna say business. Stay in my ministry. But you, you, you told me to do. And he, when he did that, like that, 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 that just blew. That just blew my mind, and he began to speak, and he said, this is what I want to do to you, do for you, because people are going to begin to pour into your ministry like never before. This is what they want. These people, I, I ministered through mine, and these people came up, and they began to lay money at my feet. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I didn't ask for anything. I didn't want anything. I didn't ask for any of that, but these people came out of the obedience of God, and they began to lay money at my feet. And I just thank and pray. I just cried because God was speaking. He said, this is what I want to do. People are going to pour into your ministry. People are going to bless into your ministry. So when you say, let it be from your heart, let it be from love, let it be out of your faith. Be faithful in what God's doing. Not looking for monetary things. Not even looking really for the spiritual, but just saying, God, I believe and I trust you no matter what you do. Whether you give me a return or you don't. I'm still going to trust you because I love you. And not only that, the seed does what? It produces fruit for a later harvest. So you might not see it immediately, but you might see a harvest later. Mm-hmm. When God says, hey, you remember that seed you sold? Yeah, God, I remember. When you see the fruit over there, that's your seed right there. Go on over there and pick it up. Mm-hmm. Oh, here, I'm going to tell you, here's a grow. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, so, so, so out of your heart. So out of faith and so with the belief that that you just love God unconditionally, that He don't even have to give you a return, that He just gonna just say, Hey, I'm just I'm gonna keep my hand on it. So that's the encouraging word that I would give to anybody right now that's getting ready to step out on faith and uh, believe God for their their business and their ministry and what God wants to do for them.
Thank you for that testimony, Mr. McLeod. Uh, that really touched me. And uh, and I could definitely tell that you'll be going places with that mindset. Following your, your spirituality is never easy, but it's often rewarded. You know, so uh, if I, if any one of our listeners, Ms. McLeod, wanted to reach out to you, whether it to be about praise dance or just maybe a quick prayer or just to have a conversation with you, uh, how could someone get in contact with you? Um, they, they can contact me uh, at my, actually my, my phone number, uh, 251-721-5174. Uh, the best way to, to really get me is to shoot me a text uh, so I can read it because a lot of times I, I'm, I'm doing different things and if you call me, it'll go I'll send it to voicemail and be like, oh, I'll get it later. So the best thing is, it's a really quick list. Uh, they, they can also email me at um, Peculiar Generation, that's P-E-C-U-I-L-A-R, Generation2018 at gmail.com. And um, they can always hit me up on Facebook, uh, it's uh, Eva McLeod Starworth. But you can go to my Facebook page, uh, Anointed Two Miles, which is the number two. Uh, they can go to my Facebook page and message me there uh, anytime. They want to get a contact, phone call, or hit me up on Facebook. All right. Well, Miss McLeod, thank you for taking time out of your day to come and share your testimony with us. We really appreciate it. And uh, also make sure to go follow her page to ensure that in the description of this video that you'll be able to click and find her page as well. Uh, Miss McLeod, thank you again. Uh, like I said, it's, it's been a pleasure interviewing you. Amen. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the pleasure being a guest on here.